This is Giants Amongst Us. We're back. Welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks and I hope you all are in good spirits. We've got another one for you. And if you're not in good spirits, maybe something that you hear today, maybe some of the words that are spoken today can help bring you out of the mess. Maybe this is what you need to hear. Today, we're going to touch bases with C all the way from the Philippines. And she's got a story to tell. She talks about life for her growing up in the Philippines with her sisters and her parents working long hours throughout the day, past the evenings. And and she talks about how it was for her during those times when they were pretty much left alone to themselves. And she also talks about how she was an emotional wreck until she found how stoicism was able to bring some order back into her life. So without getting too far ahead of it, ladies and gentlemen, this is C and her story. Welcome to the show. We have another one for you. And today I'm joined by C, who took time out of her schedule when the time zones were completely different and you could have been sleeping still right now. So thank you very much for taking time out of your day to um, have this conversation with us. I appreciate it. Welcome. So hi, everyone. I'm C. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this one. I've been preparing for it for like a lot of time now. Oh, perfect. Perfect. I'm happy to have you. And I'm glad that we were finally able to work this out and um, set up some time to do this. So yeah, um, let's, uh, for starters, just hear a little bit from you of uh, where you come from and how it was for you growing up. So I grew up in the Philippines, which basically tells that I grew up in an Asian household. So if you never had a friend who is Asian, it's really different from, you know, Western countries because if you're Asian, you are brought up very differently aside from profession and stuff because that side is crazy. But mainly, I could say I'm not generalizing at all, but from where I live right now, I grew up in a family where when you're little, your parents is not there for you like they're at work. And if they are there, mainly weekends or like holidays. And I actually asked my friends as well. And I'm fortunate enough that my parents is not like that anymore now as like I passed, you know, my childhood. Because my friends right now, even though they are old, their parents are still not there in their house and spend so much time with them. And I feel like those times where I was little that my parents weren't really there present or most of the time not present for me and my siblings Mm -hmm. to like hang out or spend time together it's such like a doll for us especially on our emotional intelligence because as like i read an article that says that those parents who actually are there and very caring to their children and taught their children were well when they were kids 
for their emotional intelligence. Like instead of saying stop crying when they cry as a kid, they ask them why they are crying. And so the child is able to like express themselves and know right. how to deal with their emotions. Well, I don't have that as a kid because again, my parents were really there 100% throughout the week for us because they're at work. So basically that's like a sum up of my childhood. Yeah. For like the the children who have you say a lot of households or is it the majority of the households they don't have their parents around now are the is it because the parents are working or they're they're doing other things and they pretty much just let the kids not raise themselves but they leave them to themselves for long periods of time. Well, it depends on the household, but most of the household it's because of their parents is working like until night. Long hours, right? Yeah, long hours. And and it was that you said it was that way for you or it wasn't that way. You had your parents around um now, more than I guess you can, you can say the children that um you grew up with. Well, when I was a kid, they weren't really there cuz they were like hustling cuz you know we're we're kids and yeah we're like me and my siblings are there and they need to feed us but now that i grew older they're like work from my mom is work from home and so it's like i could spend more time with them now than like before but my friends i had i have friends right now that still their parents still hustles and they most of the time they cannot even go out with their parents and spend time with their parents. So, yeah. Were you the oldest of your um, siblings? Yes, I'm the oldest among us. So you probably had also a lot of responsibility with that, like uh, making sure that they were looked after in a way and and, uh, cleaning. And and I don't even know if it had to do with cooking, those type of things around the house. Well, when I was a kid, we did have a nanny, so I did not do it. But looking out after my siblings, yeah, I did that because I was the only one who's like old enough to look for them. Was it a um, huge age gap like between you and your, um, it, do you have brothers or you have sisters? I only have sisters, but the thing is me and my like middle sister, our age gap is just like a year. So it's not that much. So, but the youngest one is like huge age gap but I was like old enough like a teenager when my parents had my little sister so yeah it wasn't Mm. really like a big deal for me but yeah when I was a kid me and my middle sister together we were just basically mostly alone at home growing up Uh, how was the relationship between you and your sisters a lot of fighting fussing (laughs) Well, yeah, because <laughs> basically about toys and stuff or like we don't we have this, you know, stupid little fights about things that we don't agree about because, you know, kids. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, we were like that. Yeah, we couldn't really contain our emotions because, again, um, we our emotional intelligence is not that good. We don't know how to deal with our emotions. So basically, that's what we do a lot, like fight. We don't know how to voice things out. Like if we have something on our heads, we just we prefer to not tell it tell it tell it to other person. So it piled up for a very long time, 
and when like something came up like a fight we burst out yeah so you and your um the sister that's closest in age to you you probably went to the same school yes we did how how was how was um your school days were you a good student did you have trouble how did that go i would say because i'm mostly like silent like i don't hang out with people a lot cuz i'm an introvert so okay. mm-hmm. yeah so i guess i didn't really have a lot of troubles except for really having friends cuz again i'm an introvert i don't like going to social events and like socializing with other people unless they came up come up to me and talk to me or ask questions yeah Ah, okay. You're not going to go out of your way to try to, you know, hit it off with somebody and make friends and that kind of thing. It's only if they come to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your sister is the same yeah. way? Yeah, actually. Like, both of us, maybe because, again, we grew up being at home most of the time because of our parents not being here. And, like, you know, no one is, like, basically looking out for us. So we are at home most of the time when we were kids. So maybe that's why we're introverts cuz we prefer being alone than being with those like other people like huge crowds. So she's an introvert as well. Yeah. That's it sounds like I mean you were staying at home so at least when your parents weren't around to um look after you, they were out working, they were doing what they had to do just to make sure that there was um all of the needs were met, but it sounds like you at least weren't mm-hmm. out running around, getting into all sorts of trouble, you know, because when I was younger and and you have kids who don't really have any supervision, that they that's that's the time when they can really run wild, you know, and get into all <laughs> sorts of things. It can be drugs, uh-huh. uh, breaking into homes, you know, just whatever it is, but at least... In a sense, you um, you were, I mean, you had your, your problems and your issues with amongst your siblings, but it seems like at least you weren't uh, outside causing terror mm-hmm. to the rest of the neighborhood. <laughs> no, no, we weren't like that growing up. Because, again, we preferred being at home and being um, out of chaos because we don't like that. We don't like noisy things and stuff like that. And if we are going to play with, our neighbors, we need to ask for permission. Because if we don't ask for permission, we get in trouble. Because, <laughs> yeah, in Asian household, I don't know if you heard about it, but they spank you. So if you don't mm-hmm. ask for permission, yeah, that's what you get when you get home. <laughs> mm. How was the neighbor, like the neighborhood that you grew up in? Was it uh, for the most part with their kids your age? Or like how was the... Um the dynamics of the the area you grew up in? Well, we do live in a compound where we know each other because it's just like a small compound. So we're away from the actual, you know, street and roads. So is it kind of like a village? Not like that, but like they call it compound. I don't know. (laughs) I I, I think I know what you're you're, uh, referring to. (laughs) Yeah, you know, when you're like, when you have siblings and they like build a house ah, in the same lot, like got that. it, okay. Yeah, they call it okay. compound here. Yeah, so yeah, when we grew up, like, cause our neighbors as well, they don't have a lot of kids, so 
we what we have is like only two girls who are older than me and then one boy who is like the same age as my middle sister so yeah really just a few kids did you have any uh, any interests or any hobbies that you did when you were younger that you you would involve yourself with actually yes because mainly i stayed at home most of my life and so what my parents did actually my dad they we have this computer and then he would let us play it and so i get to be fascinated at like computers and stuff and so when i grew a little bit older i saw because my aunt works in like a tarpaulin printing stuff i don't know how it's Mm -hmm. called yeah so Mm -hmm. there's graphic designers and i always sit beside the graphic designer and i would watch them how to use photoshop how to use like docs like the microsoft yeah and i get so fascinated with those kind of stuff because again we use computer as a kid and so that's mainly what i did as a kid observe people and then i do it as like with myself and I was able... So you were self-taught? Yeah. You taught Maybe, yourself how yeah. to do it? And if I, like, need something that I don't know, I would ask it to, like, an older person. And they would teach me how to do it. Oh, that's cool. You Do do you still do that? Like, do you, do you uh, have projects that you work on? Or you just do it ma- mainly as a hobby, just for yourself? Well, actually, yes. I still do it now. And I it's very useful, actually, in school because... We get to, you know, use it in certain projects. And some people ask me to edit stuff. And yeah, I earn money from that. Like, you know, little things that they need help from. Yeah, that's cool. You you can make a little bit of money off of doing something that you actually enjoy. That's always a plus. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, just, just to go back a little bit. So where you were growing up and then you didn't have your, your parents around as much because they were they were out there making the bread. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that affected you in any way? Did you feel like, uh, I don't know if uh, neglect is the is the word, or you, you pretty much knew that they were out there doing what they had to do to provide for you? Or did that cause any kind of strain in your relationship with them or your siblings? Actually, yeah. Well, looking back, I would say I was pretty like childish for thinking about that like you know when you are only when you have a sibling growing up and that sibling is the youngest that time when I was little because we were just two when I was little so mainly I always think that my parents likes my younger sister that time well my middle sister right now I thought they like her more because every time they they're at home they're basically with her all the time. And so, you know, when you're older, you feel neglected by that. But I guess I was just pretty childish with that because my little sister needs more attention. But I guess what I wished more is like more time with us spending together because, you know, at school, like parents would fetch their kids, but us, my cousin would, would fetch us like growing up mm-hmm. yeah or some when i was little little my dad would but eventually my yeah my cousin did fetch us and so i wish when i was a kid like my both of my parents were fetching us because i saw kids that both of their parents fetching them so yeah we just didn't have a lot of time to spend together because again they are working and so most of the time it's just me and my 
sister. So I guess that made me not being able to have like a very close relationship with them growing up. Because I don't know how to approach them, first of all, because they are not at home most of the time. So I don't know how to talk to them or if I want to ask actually a permission when going out because that's like Asian household. You always need to ask permission to your parents before going out or else they will they will scold you or maybe you don't have a home mm-hmm. to go back to mm. if you wow. go out without yeah. permission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I it's hard for me to ask permission to my parents as well because again, I don't know how to approach them. I always think that maybe my parents would scold me if I asked them to that I want to hang out with my friends because it's always been a no-no especially if you are a girl going out with your friends at the young age and there's no like adult. So, yeah. Yeah. Were they pretty much out all day long and then they came home were you and your um, sisters already in bed. When, when when were the times that you've seen them? Was it only in the evening or real early in the morning? Well, depends. Because my memories most of the time, I could not even see my mom go to work or even when she's going home, like coming back home. I cannot see her because yeah. we're pretty much in bed. Or sometimes we wake up late. So I cannot even see her as well. So it's just, it's like hit or miss, like, I would wake up early and see her. Or maybe she would tell us, like, wake up a little bit and tell us that she's going, but that's it. Did they seem yeah. like strangers to you in a way? Like you, you weren't too familiar with them? At as- some point, actually, it was like, oh, they're just going home and going out again. Like, that's just a routine. But then I realized when people kept on saying that, oh, because they're working for us to have things that we want to eat and to go to school and then I understand oh okay yeah so they're just busy yeah because growing up I was actually pretty pampered by like my parents but honestly I would say if you grew up in a household where your parents is not present 100% of the time you would not ask for material things instead you would ask them to spend time with you because that's the only thing that you lack like growing up we would have a lot of like material things but that doesn't makes us happier than them spending time with us so yeah that's true exactly what i was going to ask you i was just just to get your your take on it i was curious um and you pretty much answered it i was going to (laughs) say of the two what would you um feel would be more worth worth it to you would it be financial security or emotional support and it seems like you would be leaning more towards an emotional, deeper relationship with family or your your parents in this case. Yeah, because that's what we lack growing up. Because, you know, not all material, even how expensive something is, it doesn't really make you happy. Like it would for five minutes and that's it. It will not give you like, a yeah. And probably you won't even remember it as you grew older. Unlike, you know, your parents spent spending time with you yeah it's like if your if your basic needs are met that's that's really all that we need anything else after that is a plus it's probably like some icing on the cake but once the mm-hmm. basic necessities are met and you're not for a want when it comes to food or to have a roof over your head the next thing that a human being is 
in need of in order to grow and to develop and and, and to um to just learn all of all of the things that being human is is a connection an emotional connection and that's with people around them it could be with siblings it could be with your parents it could be with colleagues mm-hmm. whatever it is but um yeah that's very important yeah that's very important and that's that's something that i think a lot of people especially it seems nowadays even even in the states because i'm originally from california and i know that a lot of people in the states they also have um households where the parents aren't around because they're having to work one job, two jobs, and they're they're being raised by either either their grandparents or like in your case, they're just raising each other. It could be brothers with brothers, sisters, sisters, but yeah, for for that reason and it's because of the fact that the where, wherever they're living at like I I could say in California it's very expensive, so sometimes people are working two jobs just to make just to stay afloat, and because of that, and they do have children. There's, there's really nobody, nobody to look after the children, but grandparents, or it could be family members that that are mm-hmm. um, around and are able to help out. Or also, it, it could be, a, I guess, a, a daycare center if they're younger. But even that costs a lot of money. Yeah, I actually heard that from like a friend from America, because I was thinking oh maybe in america it's like very different from here because you know like in this kind of countries in asia not like aside from japan korea like you know the countries that actually hustles a lot too here in my country like Mm -hmm. it's very hard to earn money and so that's why most of the parents are not really at home and so i was really curious if that's the case in america and my friend said yeah that's also the case. Like their parents wasn't really there. It's either they would see them, but they would go to work and not being present hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and then that sometimes spells disaster. That's a recipe <laughs> for disaster because there's some people that they're like, oh, it's it's almost like uh, what? there's an old saying that says uh, an, an idle mind is a, a playground for the devil. Just I, I don't know. It seems like that that can be a, a recipe for disaster. And, and some people, some people tend to get themselves into a lot of things that they shouldn't because of it. There's nobody around. And then you can be easily influenced. Let's say if you're you're out there with friends and things like that, and you just want to fit in and you you find yourself doing things that, that they're doing just because you want to fit in and be part of the group. But it seems like in your case, you, you'd rather um, keep to yourself. And sometimes that's that, that that's not always a bad thing, <laughs> especially <laughs> what, you, what you did with your time. It seems like you picked up um, a skill and you developed a talent with the graphic design and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, now like nowadays, kids are actually here as well, or like that. They do like you know those things that they shouldn't be doing just because their parents weren't there for them. Do one hundred percent look out for them. Yeah. Did you happen to know anybody um, that was the complete opposite of of uh, you? Like, say for instance, their parents went around, but they were not using their time wisely when they're alone, let's just say. Oh, yeah, I have actually. Mainly because they don't really have a good relationship with their parents, I would say. Even though they are around, like, they don't talk with them. 
and it's hard for them because I was pretty curious as well with those kind of people like because I was questioning myself when I was a kid if my parents were always there would it be like a different outcome or what because mm-hmm. my friends like I, ha- I have friends who are whose parents are 100% there at home, but still they don't have a good relationship with them and they don't talk with them a lot. And they, they ended up doing, you know, things that they shouldn't be doing. Exactly. Yeah. My parents divorced at a young age. So then it was, it was uh, me and my two brothers. We lived with my mother and because she was working and then now you had nothing but sisters and I had two brothers. So there was like a lot of time where we were left alone and, Sometimes we were doing things that we shouldn't be doing, (laughs) but kids are so easily influenced. And then you, you sometimes just want to do things to fit in. But um, how did you, I know you said that you were involved with the graphics design, but uh, Mm -hmm. going through school and as you were growing up, you said that there were problems you were having with your sister. Was it just like small little uh, misunderstandings or would it get ugly sometimes or it was just small misunderstandings and little uh, things that sisters sometimes fight about yeah it was just a little like little misunderstandings or like you know when you don't want to let your sister borrow things from you because they don't return it that's like Mm -hmm. yeah that's the beginning of a fight basically so it's just those little things not really those serious things because at the end of the day we would talk to each other because we only have each other. Why would we fight for a very long time? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It seemed like you had a good understanding at an early age about that kind of thing. Yes. Were you always level-headed and clear thinking? Mm-hmm. But I guess also for me and my siblings, it's very hard for us to say sorry to each other. To other people, yes, we don't have trouble saying that. But for each other, we have trouble saying that. I don't know why, but it's like (laughs) we feel awkward saying sorry to each other because for us to like reconcile, we need to say sorry. Mm -hmm. Like even though we did not do it first, like we did not start the fight, we need to say sorry because my parents taught us like that. It's not really about who started it, but being about you want to say sorry to that person and fix the problem. So are you guys better at it now or do you still have a hard time saying sorry when there's a, a, a misunderstanding? Well, it's still hard for us, but for little things like example someone throws something that shouldn't be thrown like uh someone owns it and then mm-hmm. they would just say sorry but for like very 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 serious things we still have a hard time saying it yeah how did you say you were in school did you did you find yourself like not having trouble getting good grades and paying attention and and going to school and focusing and all that well yeah growing up i was Really, I would say I focus at school a lot because, you know, high expectation and stuff and you cannot really fail a grade, which I was able to like fail like math one time, like seventh grade. And oh, no, (laughs) my mom was really upset with it. Yeah. So I was always I was always been the type of person to pay attention to lectures and stuff so that. I could ace a good grade because mm-hmm. my parents were really happy whenever 
I do that. But honestly, now that I grew older, I don't really do that anymore. Like I would, I would not chase grades for my parents' satisfaction. Like it's so stressful growing up to do that because there's a lot of pressure and you don't want to fail at it. Like it feels like you're a failure when you don't ace the like exam or whatsoever. So Mm -hmm. did you find like you were, you were doing it more just to make your parents happy rather than you feeling like this is going to help prepare me later on in the future for whatever it is you're trying to pursue in life? Yes. That's basically what I feel throughout like, basically most of my life that's how it felt like after like before the pandemic or like yeah before the pandemic that's how I realized like I don't really want to do that anymore it feels exhausting because I was at like my lowest point in life that time and it adds a burden to me to make sure my grades are really at the top well I do good in school but you know, you don't really need to be at the top or like have very, very good, good grades. Yeah. Can I ask you why it, it was that time of your life that you felt you were at the lowest? I basically had trouble with a lot of things. First of all, with friends. So it was like a combination of things. Yes, combination of things like dealing with because I grew up actually with having a lot of cousins like mainly boys so i prefer to be surrounded with guy friends more than female friends Mm -hmm. and so it it has been like a struggle for me to be friends with females for a very long time especially if they have a very different mindset as me so that was one of my problems that time like because the only friends that I had that time was all females. And then I had also guy friends, but it was just a friend of the person that I was dating that time. And so it was a struggle for me. And then pandemic hit. And so there's just this accumulated things in my head that I couldn't really express. And so that became like a very bad problem to the point that I don't even want to talk to anyone anymore like that. So, yeah, it was really bad <laughs> that time. Did you kind of shut yourself away from or shut yourself off from everybody, everybody else? Yes. Yes, actually. <laughs> or I would only talk to like this one guy friend because he had kind of have the same situation as I am. Not really like similar, similar, but a little bit. So I talk to him whenever I have like questions or like I feel a little bit lonely and stuff. So that's the only time I open like social media. But most of the time, I don't want to open social media. Even the sound of messenger, like the notification sound, I don't like it. I turned it off and then, yeah. There you go. That's not a bad, that's not a bad move either. I, you know what? I, I feel the same way. I turn mine off and then sometimes I'm very late to respond to some, something or someone because I have it turned off, but I feel like I'm going to look at it at my discretion. Not every time it goes off, I feel like I have to jump and I have to Mm -hmm. move and have to respond. You know, it, it, it could be very, it's like 
in a way, it could be the um, what is that? The ball and chain on your ankle, like it's it's uh, you're you're a slave to it in that uh-huh. sense. If you, yeah. if you look at it that way, and every time, actually, that's like very difficult to ignore when like the notification is on because it feels like you're obligated to reply to that person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, and it and almost and it's almost like people expect you to respond mm-hmm. as soon as you hear it it's like now you you're supposed to be available to everybody at any time of the day and in a, in a sense if you think about it it's great that's crazy yeah <laughs> it is but now like people are actually not like that anymore which i'm glad of but the thing is they turn off their status which you can see if they're online or offline so yeah okay yeah so you can act like a ninja yeah you're, <laughs> you're basically like you feel like you're invisible there even there yeah <laughs> so you were you going to when, when you were at that that low time in your life were you were you going to school or what was your your situation working school yes i was still going to school that time because it was beef like just before the pandemic it started mm-hmm. before the pandemic so it's hard for me to go actually to school but because i'm the type of student to like i don't want to have like a bad record on my attendance like absent or whatsoever so i always go to school make sure to go to school every single day that i need to so i still go there although i feel like you know when you're just at the corner and feels like you feel empty so mm-hmm. basically i still don't talk to a lot of people that much there even though i was at school and being surrounded with classmates and those people that are my friends so yeah basically i feel like i'm still at home because i don't really talk to people that time and so that continued actually that's why i ended up turning off my notification and messenger and all of like my social medias i don't open them so much unless i really need to ask my friend or like talk to my friend oh, so it wow. was a struggle yeah. <laughs> how long have you been practicing that for a very long time actually i lasted for like almost a year but i wow. don't really use social media that much anymore either when i started doing that because you know when you eat like it's like when you always eat sweets and you stop eating sweets and then suddenly when you go back to it like oh I don't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels weird. Yeah. Basically that's what happened to me so I don't really use social media a lot anymore. That's a good that's a good response because it could have went the other way like once you once you pull away from it that long and then you like say an addict, an addict to where some addicts, they uh, they say once an addict, always an addict. But then you can also retrain your brain, too. Mm-hmm. But there's some people like, say, for instance, not in your case, but they could have had the opposite reaction to where they stayed away for a year. And then once they got back on it, it was like they never left yeah actually that happens to other people and i'm glad i'm not one of those type of people because in the first place i don't really like browsing online anyway i like being more you know if i want to talk in messenger i really want to talk in person not like talking 
and sending messages in a device. So I, I preferred hanging out or like talking in person. That's what's missing nowadays, right? Like a, a real sincere, mm-hmm. um, genuine connection. And where you're actually, you actually care to be around these people to, to know what's going on, to build with each other. And then not just kind of um, just checking their profile to see what they're doing and that's it. There's no care for this person at all. It's just like mm-hmm. vain. It's Yeah. And it, you feel the connection more when you talk in person, actually. That's why I preferred it that way. And you get to really enjoy it a lot than <laughs> talking yeah. to each other in a screen. I guess for you that doing it that way, like where you where you have discipline and you're not so tied up to your phone and social media and that kind of thing. I don't know if you can compare because it seems like you've always been that way. But are you able to compare like how you you are mentally or how you, or how you were emotionally when you were on social media more than when um, than as you are now, like to where you you have your notifications off and then you only check it when you want to ask a question, but you're not just meanlessly browsing through just to browse through. I mean, it, can you compare the difference to how you how you feel mm-hmm. when, when you were on it to how how it is now to where you, you're not really using yes. it only in if it's necessary? Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, there's a big difference because before I don't really believe that that if you do social media detox, it would change your life. I'm always like, huh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. always been like that to other people because they kept on telling me that if you're struggling with like mental illnesses or stuff like that, you just need to do social media detox. And when I did that, it was a huge difference. It's because, you know, when you like watching like videos online, you would touch your phone first thing in the morning. That's what you will get first thing in the morning. And that's the kind of person I was before because I was actually pretty busy as well with replying to like, you know, groupmates and stuff. So first thing in the morning, I would grab my phone and then check messages. So that's the kind of routine I had before. But now that I don't really use social media that much anymore, I don't really grab my phone first thing in the morning no more because I noticed it has a huge impact on me emotionally when I grab it first and I consume all of those, you know, contents online, like negative messages. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now, whenever I wake up, I feel happy. And they there's actually this, I don't know if it's from a book, but it says that what you do first thing in, in the morning will determine your mood throughout the day. So if you grab your fir- phone first thing in the morning, you will see a lot of negative stuff and so that's the mood you'll get throughout the day but then if you don't grab your phone first thing in the morning and you actually do meditation or work out eat your breakfast just stay away from your phone like for the first one hour you would actually have a great day and you would feel happier and that's what happened to me and i'm really glad i'm not the type of person anymore to grab my phone first thing in the morning because it's really bad to the mental health. That's true. Yeah. That's something that it sounds so easy to do, but I challenge anybody to do that. Starting off just one week or maybe just a few days that when you wake up in the morning, don't touch the phone, 
Don't look at the phone. Put the phone somewhere in another side of the the house, the apartment, wherever it is. Hide it from you for one hour, two hours. And then like C was saying, pay yourself. Pay yourself. Do it. Whatever it is that um, is going to bring a little bit of peace to your mind or some some kind of happiness to your your life, whether it's meditation, mm-hmm. spend some time alone. If the weather's nice, you can go outside, sit down, listen to the birds chirp and feel the breeze, something like that. But stay away from it for an <laughs> hour, two hours. Sounds easy, but because I, I even, there was a time when I would hear people talk about that. And then um, thinking back, that's what I was doing. I was, I'd wake up and then I'm checking to see what so-and-so is doing, who responded to me, if somebody gave me an email, whatever it is. And and it's like, my goodness, you're starting off the day already with yourself tied up in <laughs> other people's business. Like, uh-huh. what does it matter? Let, let me see how this might work out if instead I, I dedicate a little bit of time to myself in the morning and then let's see if that makes a difference throughout the day. And yeah, you're right. It does make a difference. Yeah, it does. And... Yeah, it's easier said than done because at first as well, I struggled with it. It's because it was like my coping mechanism that time to grab my phone and like watch something. Because for me, I was like, oh, maybe it does make me feel happy. That's why I grab my friend phone first thing in the morning and watch some things. But actually, it doesn't really help at all. It's a way that we distract ourselves. I'm reading this book right now. It's called Silence. And one of the things is is that we're really, if we're not getting distractions from other things and it's not hard to find. I mean, we can, if you're driving, you can see it on the side of, side of the road. There's advertisements. If you turn on the TV, you're listening to the radio. There's all kinds of distractions. And then even our own mind, we're, we're thinking about what we're going to do uh, later on in the day, we're thinking about something that we did wrong uh, yesterday, and we're we're distracting ourselves in so many different ways. But um, if we can try to just be mindful mm-hmm. and, and present in the moment, and pay yourself when you wake up or whenever whenever it is, it could be any time of the day. It just takes a a few seconds to stop whatever it is, and then just focus in on your breath or what's going on around you. That that can start mm-hmm. to to put in practice some good habits to where you can you can build off of that and see if it makes a difference in your life. I'm sure that that it, it'll have some last lasting effects if you stick to it. Just and, and also it just helps with just enjoying the present moment a little bit more instead of always wanting to distract ourselves. Like you were saying, going online or even what I do sometimes. I'm on YouTube and then I, I find myself just Going from video to video to video, and then I'm, and then afterwards, like, what did I even watch or get out of? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, and then you f- you will find yourself doing it for like a lot of hours. How how did you like when you um when you decided to to start putting that into practice? Did you like was it something that you you said that you you heard somebody speak of and the detox and you just wanted to try it out or was there something that was wasn't right in your life that you felt like maybe I should try this out to see if it changes the way I feel or actually I started it because at some point I went through social media and I saw my friends and like you know your friends in Facebook are like posting stories and stuff I saw them oh their life is great 
and they are doing something to achieve the goals that they want in life. And I was like, what do I want in life? I was questioning myself because at that time, I don't really know what to do in life because I was at my lowest and I cannot really think of anything. And I was like, I want to pick up again the skills that I have been trying to improve more before the pandemic. And so I was like, how will I do it? Because it's really hard to to do the first step. It's really hard that you will start again from zero. Like you're changing your life, I guess. Yeah, it's really hard to do that. And so mm-hmm. what pushed me more is at that day, exactly that day, I came across a video about Stoics. And I heard them before but never really get to watch a video, sit down and watch a video about about them because people kept on saying that it's good to learn about them and to really study how they understand life and emotions. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting because people always tell me that Stoics are the people who don't have emotions basically that's how they describe it to me i was like that's really Mm -hmm. interesting it would be fun if i would be like that as well so i watched the video and i was really fascinated with the informations i got it's because indeed it was really an eye-opener because you know when you are at like when you're upset, you always blame the other person because the other per- you will say, oh, the other person made me feel upset. So you kind of blame the other person. I was real good at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Always, it was always somebody else's fault. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, me as well. I'm like that before. I was like, that person made me feel upset. That's why I'm, a- I'm upset right now. So what I've learned about them actually is that well, I carry this everywhere. Every situation I face, I carry this kind of quote or like the thing that I learned from Stoics that it's not about what happened. It's about how you react to it or how you respond to it. So whatever situation is there, it's up to you because you're in control of what you will say, how you will feel, and how you will think about the situation. So it's really something that changed how I see things. Because again, people would always say that it's all about the other person. It's all about the situation. That's why I feel sad, I feel upset, and whatsoever. And so now that I understand why people kept on saying that, hey, Stoics are those kind of people that don't have emotions. It's not that they don't have emotions, but they understand how emotions work and how life works. It's because it's really hard, actually, because people told me this as well, that, hey, it's really hard to be in a situation and you will like tell yourself, like someone is upset to you and you feel that anger inside you and you will tell yourself it's not about what happened it's about how you respond to it it's like it's so Hmm. impossible to do that (laughs) right so yeah so So i always tell them it's not really asking yourself at that moment but more on pausing because you you can't really ask yourself at that moment because it's really hard because i trained myself as well and i tried it for the first time and it was really hard to do that. But what I did was like pause. Mm-hmm. 
you need to pause first and then you know the muscles of in our face when we are upset like there's that certain muscles in our face so we need to relax our face first and it works to me like 100% of the time when I'm upset and I feel like the muscles I relax my face and I don't feel upset anymore that much and so I always tell myself after that, after relaxing the muscles on my face, that it's not about what happened. It's about how you respond to it. Because at the end of the day, if you will say something that like will add some fuel to the fire that is already there, like it will just be a problem. And actually, I talked about this, this on like one of my episodes that I always ask myself when I feel upset, is this going to matter 10 years from now? If no, why dwell on it? Because honestly, we waste so much time on like those little things that doesn't really matter. That we don't really think of after like 10 years, 5 years, 2 years from now. So that's what I did before. So it was really hard to control emotions. That's why I started it with that. Because honestly... If I don't start it with dealing with my emotion, I don't know what I'm doing with that. I feel like I'm still on bed 24-7, do nothing. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, because I don't know how to deal with my with my emotion that time. Because, I again, I was at my lowest. So I feel a lot of emotions in me that I don't know how to deal with. And so I was just fortunate and very lucky that I came across that video that time. And so... Now, I feel happy and I don't really feel stressed anymore because m- most of the time we think a lot, I think a lot about unnecessary things that either will not happen or happened already. And I'm still thinking about them. So, so now that I understand like, oh, I decided to think about it. And so I'm still in control if I want to think about it or if I don't want to think about it. Because no one will like, even if you ask for, this is what I've learned throughout the years that most people would ask advice to other people, but they won't really like take that advice. Like they would just listen and that's it. Yeah, they mm-hmm. would not apply the advice. <laughs> I think a lot of us can can agree to know somebody like that. Like they want to, they ask you for your opinion, you give it to them, and it's as if you said nothing to them. They still <laughs> go ahead and keep doing the same thing. That's the complete opposite. And then they come back to you again and talk to you about their issues and problems. <laughs> this is just going on deaf ears. <laughs> yeah, and like you're just giving more and more advices and nothing will happen because again they're in control on, on what they feel what they think of and so even how much advices you give them it will not work so that's what i've learned throughout the years that's why now i don't really take a lot of advices more on if i would take an advice it's like an overview or another point of view of a person so that i have a different perspective on things because sometimes, you know, when you're upset, it's got, it's hard to empathize with other people. If you feel sad, feel upset, it's really yeah. hard to empathize. And so it's always been good to like ask other people for their opinion because it's a different side of like the situation. Because you, you cannot think clearly sometimes when things happen. Like you will always think to save yourself first or put yourself as a priority where 
the other person, you would not really understand why they do things or say things. So, yeah. And uh, I don't know. People, I guess people never really heard of Stoics. But yeah, it's a good way to start changing mm-hmm. your life, I would say. Because they are a big help for me. And they have books, which I've actually purchased a book called Meditation. Oh, and Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. I really love it. It's one of those books because I believe Ryan Holiday, like a YouTuber who, who's, who talks about Stoics as well, right. mentioned that it changed his life. And I never really believe on that. I was like, a book <laughs> will mm-hmm. change your life. So I got it and read it. And then I actually browsed online like a summary of it. I was like, wow. It is life-changing. You learn a lot of things from it that you would not learn from other people. Because it's like very different the way Marcus Aurelius see things. And plus, he's an emperor at that time. And so it was like, wow, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And supposedly from what, from what they say is that it was written for himself pretty much. It wasn't really meant to be mm-hmm. shared. It was just, it's like a journal, if I'm sure you're already familiar with it, but I have it uh, as a matter of fact, and it's all worn out too, because I take it with me on the bus or on the train and it gets, there's ketchup and there's all kinds of sauce on it from (laughs) coffee stains and stuff, but it's a, it's a beautiful book. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. And actually I underline the quotes or like lines that I really love and put a lot of bookmarks and stuff. Yeah. To take notes. Is there anyone that, that, um. Uh, not to put you on the spot or anything, but is there any like a, a phrase you mm-hmm. could, you could even paraphrase it or something that really is is one that you know you you carry it with you and it's something that that it sticks out and you you uh, you don't forget or you think is very very valuable? Yeah, actually, I have a lot. Uh, one of my favorite quote is it says I don't know if I will phrase this correctly, but it says the impediment to action advances the action. What stands in the way becomes the way. So you can interpret it actually in different like ways. But how I interpret it is that if there's like this problem on that path that you want to go to, there will always be other alternatives. Like you would not just stop just because there's a problem or like there's something stopping you to pursue that thing that you want to like do mm-hmm. or you're yeah. So what you do instead of that, maybe you would practice patience. You would practice whatever it is that you could practice while that something or like that problem is there. Because you cannot just wait, you know, like what Sanika said, actually, that it's not about we don't have much time. It's that we waste a lot of it. So if you just wait there for a very long time, what will happen? Nothing. The problem is, th- is still there if you just wait. So, yeah, that's the quote that I really, really love. Whenever I came across to, like, a problem in school or whatever in life, I would always say that to myself. And I'm like, oh, if, like, this person, like, someone is upset to me about something, like a work that I did, they don't like it, and they're upset, I'm like... Yeah, that's a problem, but I always tell myself, you can practice patience right now. Being patient is very good, and you could practice it or practice other things, like how to deal with that kind of people, your communication skills and stuff. 
yeah, there's a lot of things that you can you could practice in that space or that or like in that situation. Yeah. What do you think is one of the main things that practicing stoicism helped you with of the things that you you may have been struggling with, like your anger or how you were mentioning your patience or um, is there anything in particular that stands out like this really, really helped me get get this under control or help me to deal with it? Yeah, actually, well, emotions in general, because mm-hmm. again, it's really hard to handle. Even though you meditate a lot, actually, I do meditate a lot before, even before the pandemic, I would do a lot of meditation, like practices, like, because there's different types, right? So there would be like 30 days that I would do this and that, but it did not really help a lot. Well, you could be, it would help you to be present all the time, but it's not, doesn't help your emotions that much or like clear your mind that much because what I found, I found myself always thinking about things after doing the meditation, but the Stoics actually, when I, I read like some quotes and stuff or like videos online that really explains it more, I understood that well, Stoics just understands life. They understand how people will respond to things or like how they see things. Because again, that like one quote that they like sum up, basically, they would always say that it's not about what happens, it's about how you respond to it. So basically, it's always been your choice to do things or you chose it. That's why that happened. Like there are, yes. yeah, there are things that are in our control, but there are also things that is, that is not in our control, which I struggle a lot with that because I always like, again, I'm blaming the other person or like I'm blaming myself. If it's not the other person, I'm blaming myself. So if like, example, I failed a grade, I would blame the, oh, because there wasn't like this and like that, or they did not really teach well or whatsoever. But it's not in my control anymore if they will teach well or not. But what's in my control is I would review the lessons and stuff and I could still ace the exam or whatsoever because I did my part. And so it did change me in that aspect in life because that's the only part of life that I really struggle with, with emotions. Because again, because of my childhood and stuff, that's what I really struggle about. So when I found about the Stoics, yeah, it changed me. It's like a big chunk of my life that really improved. I like what you said and how you you kept emphasizing the fact that to to be responsible for your actions and to take control because um, that was something that when I was younger, I, I always found I was always the victim. Everybody was out to get me. My, I mean, I would hear from my mom. She's like, you have a chip on your shoulder. You think the world is against you. And, and so it was always somebody else's fault. But that's when you're giving control to everybody and anything but yourself. But like what you're saying is you take once you once you uh, you take that responsibility and place it on yourself. That's almost it should be empowering in a way, because then you feel like now I'm in control of the situation and I can create or write my own story and I can react mm-hmm. the way um, I think is going to be beneficial to me. And it, and it really changes the outcome of a situation and it can change your your situation in general. 
Yes. And actually, there's this also like a quote that I would always tell myself whenever those like kind of situation comes up. It, I, I think I heard it in a video in YouTube or like in a book. I cannot really remember because it's, it was a very long time ago. But it, it says that I'm not giving you the privilege to make me feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the quote that really sticks to me because that makes sense. If I give you the privilege to make me feel angry, sad, or whatsoever, so whenever like a situation comes up and you make me feel that way, I will feel sad. I will feel angry because, yeah, you're privileged to that emotion or like because I gave yes. it to you. So, uh, yeah, I always I always think of that, actually, whenever I, me- I meet like, you know, random people because it's very hard to um, deal with new people. So I always, I'm like, I'm not giving it a privilege to make me feel some type of way, like in my head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're ultimately, you're like relinquishing your power and then you're placing it in their hands mm-hmm. and then they can go ahead and pull you and move you around like a puppet on strings and feeling any type of way. But if you, like like uh, you were saying, you... You uh, own up to it. You take that responsibility back, and then you um, you can really, really uh, set yourself up for um, success, and then just put yourself in a better place, a better a better headspace, a better place mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, and with that, of course, physically, you're gonna feel better about things. So that's a good note and and a, a good point that you made right there. Can you? Um, let everybody know where they can find you or if they want to get in touch with you or listen to your podcast because you also do a podcast, right? Yes, I also do a podcast. So it's also available on Spotify and other platforms like Mm -hmm. Apple Music, I believe. All the goodies. Yeah, and Amazon as well. (laughs) It's, yeah. (laughs) So it's, uh, the name is What to Say and then Question Mark. And you can find it there. And if you can really find it, if you can find it, just say what to say question mark by C. Okay, easy enough. Yes. <laughs> I, I really, I really like your your attitude and how you found a way to approach things now, and how um, you also were dropping some good gems and nuggets of wisdom about stoicism and how to deal with your emotions because a lot of people. Uh, I know I'm not the only one. That's a big struggle for a lot of us. I mean, I think we all can relate to having been in a position or a place more often than not where our emotions get the better yes. of us. But it seems like you're you're doing a lot better yeah, now. Yeah, I'm doing a lot better now and much better than before. And that just like now I don't even crave for like hanging out with people anymore. Like, I found myself loving it to be just alone and appreciating things and just being present. Yeah, like staring at trees, like nature, makes me feel happy now and even just walking alone outside. That is a beautiful thing. I can say the same. I mean, we, like my my wife and I, we love to take our walks. We are through the forest. And before, there was a time when I was really detached from all of it, but I don't know, maybe with age or something. It, it <laughs> but some people, even at a young age, they appreciate it. And I and I think at one time when I was younger, 
I did appreciate those things, but then you kind of have a lot of other things that distract you and pull you away from that. But just getting in touch with nature and embracing nature, that can even help help you with knowing a little bit more about yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I want to thank you again for um, making time because we missed connections one time, but I was I was glad that we were able to connect this time and for you to share your story. Is there anything else that you would like to leave uh, the listeners off with? Any, any uh, words of encouragement or anything that you have on mind? I would say, because I wish someone said it to me actually when I was at my lowest point. I would say, not just because you see online that people are ahead of you or something like that doesn't mean they're really ahead and they're enjoying their lives because the only thing that they post about is the best things that they have in life and so just because you see that doesn't mean your life is so bad you could change it by maybe reading books or picking up a new skills or actually reading like stoics are very very good for you yeah, that's like just basically something that you could improve yourself about. And you will thank your younger self for doing that. Thank you very much for your input. Now, can you, before we, we sign off, I would like to know just today, what are three things that you are thankful for? Three things that I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for that I was able to wake up in the morning still. Second, that I, I'm still able to buy things that I want and eat the things that I want. And third, I'm thankful for the people around me because they still love me the same. They support me and they're caring. So, yeah. Thank you so much, C. Appreciate it. You have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you, too. What a great attitude, a great outlook on life. Of course, she wasn't always that way, but I liked hearing the fact that she was enthusiastic about how she found something that worked for her, something that made sense and helped her bring order back into her life and some clarity, which was stoicism. That's the beauty of this show. That's the beauty of Giants Amongst Us. We're listening to people tell their tale from all walks of life, different backgrounds, and what worked for them. It's not a one-size-fits-all. But these are real human experiences, and they talk about what's worked for them. And for C, it was stoicism. I really got to tip my hat off to her because it seems like she knows how to use her time wisely. She's not one for wasting. Like she had mentioned, we all have the same amount of time in the day. It's just, what are we doing with the time? Are we living it in a meaningful way and trying to make the most of it or just letting it blow on by? And one way we can start, in fact, is like how C said, and after listening to her share her story, I challenged myself. It sounds so easy, but I dare anybody to do this with me. And that's just for a simple week. How addicted are we to that smartphone? Just a week and see how it makes you feel afterwards. That when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is not grab and reach for the phone and start scrolling through YouTube videos, me, or checking to see if you have any messages, also me. Instead of tapping into the social world online, how about you pay yourself first? How about you get the day started off right? Spend time with yourself. 
If the weather's nice, go outside, take a walk. If you have a dog, that's the perfect excuse to take a stroll around the block first thing in the morning. Brew you some coffee, hit the gym, go to the park. Do something for you. Do something that makes you smile. Write down your thoughts, your gratitudes for the day, your plans, your goals, something. But just for that first hour, give it to yourself away from the phone. See how that makes you feel and see how addicted you are to it. Just the week. Maybe you like the way you feel afterwards and you keep to it and add another week and then keep going. And then before you know it, you got a new habit or you dropped an old one. And it can also be revealing if you find yourself struggling to stay off of the phone, to stay away from it for that first hour after you wake up. So thank you, C, for bringing that to my attention. I'm going to try to make it work. Not even try. I'm going to just do it like Nike. And if you enjoyed C and what she had to share, you can also listen to her on Spotify. She has a podcast. It's called What to Say, the letter C, What to say in the letter C. She's got episodes talking about everything, talking about life, emotions, how to deal with them, things that have helped her and her inputs, thoughts, and beliefs. And you can find her on all your favorite streaming platforms. They're small, concise, short, packed episodes. So so you could fit it in between your morning routine or wind down in the evening with either or. Thank you very much one more time, C, for sharing your story. You are a giant amongst us. And I have to say this again and again because I mean it from the bottom of my heart. There wouldn't be a show without all of the past giants amongst us, all of the guests, everybody that have shared their story, sharing a piece of them with the rest of the world. Thank you sincerely. And also, of course, to everybody that's listening, everybody that's tuned in from all over. We're getting a lot of support from Belgium, North America, South America, Australia, Germany. A lot of support from Germany, a lot of support from the U.S., from from Covina. My mother's tuned in. How about it? Love you. And I'm always happy. I'm always encouraged when I hear the reactions from people. So reach out to us. You can get in contact with us. You can shoot a message to any of the past guests. You'll find their information on my Instagram page, or if you go to the hosting website, and that is simple as typing in giants amongst us. Just to bring it home one more time, these stories are going to be published and put live every second Sunday. We're going to start doing it on Sunday now instead of Thursday just to fit it with my work schedule. Um, And we do have more stories on the way. I look forward to sharing more with you and I look forward to hearing from you all. So if you like to be a part of the show and share your story or maybe a story of someone in your life that has impacted you in a positive way, you can always reach out to me via email. I'd be happy to connect. Until next time, and very soon, peace. Looking for a sign to know I'm on the right road. 
Ensino Science.